Hey, it's the Baldy Bishops. Hey, how going? Hey, hey. Sorry, Beth. Yeah. That was your, that was your hello? And there. Well, uh, I'm sat here with a little bit of butterflies in my stomach at the moment. Uh, not just for the podcast, I always get that way, but um, because of what's going on tonight. <laughs> butterflies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to sport, um, I'm usually confident with things, but when it comes to, to football, which I very much love, I'm always aware of the fact that everyone around me at any given time is probably better than me. We're all brought up, brought up playing football. Yes. So I love it, and I love the competition of it. Mm. But uh, yeah, should be good. We're trying to live, live out the equipped stuff that we looked at on Saturday, of doing life together outside of the church yeah. building, outside of the church programs, just hanging out, playing five aside. Mm. Um, new believers coming along, so mm. it's exciting. Yeah, and it'll be good morning because we'll. We're giving people a context of football that probably not, hopefully they've not experienced before, um, given the fact that we, if, if we don't get in the flesh, yeah, you know, which hopefully, God willing, will not happen. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great for, for us to all experience um, competition in a in decent Christian environment, you know, yeah. in, a, in a loving and productive kind of way. Yeah, Christ is Lord of the five-a-side football tonight. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be competitive, but but sportsmanship and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm I'm gonna come with some pretty hard tackles and things, yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it with Christian love in my heart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, um, we're in we're in two Thessalonians. We're starting two Thessalonians in terms of this gospel community stuff, and and we've looked at so much of it. You just looked at one Thessalonians right before this, and we learned a lot about Paul's heart for the Thessalonians, um, um. also known as the Thessalonians. <laughs> And uh, and these these Thessalonians were, were people that um, Paul was calling Paul was calling to anticipate the coming of the Lord, of course, to 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 be be ready in that sense, but not to be ready in the sense of probably what they were thinking, like like sell their homes, <laughs> stop working, and, and all that, but be ready in the sense of um, the praises of earth prepared for the praises of heaven. So yeah. how I treat my brothers and sisters now are a foretaste of what's to come. Yeah, in in that sense. And then when we get to two Thessalonians, uh, the important thing, and we're this, we're gonna, this is going to come back into it a little bit later, but when we get into two Thessalonians, we need to remember that this epistle was written no no more than a year after the first epistle was. Hmm. So very rapid fire. The first one comes, uh, they respond to it, and then this one comes um, less than a year later. It may have been the same year, actually. Yeah. It comes really, really quickly. And uh, but but the theme that the major theme, which is the theme of of, of all of the New Testament, actually, is uh, is pretty much the same. Evidenced by the way that two Thessalonians starts in chapter one. So um, do you mind reading verses one and two? Yep, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we've said this over and over again. We're going to say it again, um, and I never get tired of telling myself this over and over again, is that gospel truth leads to gospel identity, which leads to gospel practice, which leads to gospel community. Yeah. So we don't get the gospel community without those other three steps, do we? Yeah. I was um, trying to write something out last night as I was thinking about, because we've been saying that every week, and it's, uh, 
I'm not quite finished this sentence, but it's gospel truth can only arrive at this station of gospel community as it passes through gospel identity and gospel practice. Man, that's really good. So I'm trying to figure out how to say that in a nicer way, but yeah, like it, like it's a, you have to move from one to the other, yeah. from one station to the next. So yeah. you can't shortcut this. No, that's good. Maybe we could just take a few minutes just to look at uh, the theology in, in verse uh, verses 1 and 2. And uh, just to dive into it, um, we, we see it all throughout the New Testament. Mm. We see Ephesians 1 verse 6 that says that we are accepted in the beloved. Mm. We see, and uh, in, in all throughout Ephesians, if you want to just see that phrase in Christ or in him, mm-hmm. it's just over and over again, especially in the first couple chapters. Um, but Colossians, when we get to Colossians, this theme of in him and the beloved continues on. It says we are complete in him in Colossians 2.10. It says in Colossians 3.3 3, that we are hidden with Christ in God. And then in the previous book that we were in, that you were just in last week, uh, I guess two weeks ago now, but um, 1 Thessalonians 1 says those who sleep in Jesus, mm. in Jesus, and then mm. it goes on to say the dead in Christ will yeah. rise. So there's this beautiful uh, communication of what it means to be in Christ throughout the epistle. So what we what we take from that is in Ephesians 1, verse 6, we are accepted in the beloved. So Christ, as the beloved one, accepts us. Yeah, yeah. So here in verse 1, the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, we are in. Uh, that's beautiful because when, when Matt the barber came to Christ after meeting them in Starbucks or chatting away, I was like, hey, let me know. He just texted me when he got home. He's like, I'm in. Right, you you just got home. He's like, no, I'm in. I believe. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. You know, um, and that's that's actually a very biblical way to say it. Like, I'm, yeah, it is, I'm, yeah. I'm not in Christ. I'm yeah. in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's that's theological, isn't it? yeah. Um, but but it, but in Colossians, the, the 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 communication of what's being said in Colossians three is one of I think one of those precious truths about being in Christ is that we are hidden with Christ in God. Mm-hmm. So, so covered, as it were, if we cross-reference that with 2 Corinthians 5.21, we are covered in Christ's righteousness. Mm. He, mm. Took, he took our sins and he gives us his righteousness, covers us in his righteousness. So when the Father looks down on undeserving, flawed um, Matt Green with all of his shortcomings and all of his warts and all of that, he actually doesn't see those things. He sees Christ. Yeah. He sees Christ's perfect righteousness. Um, so I'm hidden in him. Mm-hmm. Um, when I die, I go to sleep in Christ. And when uh, the resurrection of the dead happens and Jesus returns, I'll come alive in Christ, yeah. rise with Christ. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, he starts there. Before he ever moves on to any of the practical stuff, he starts with the gospel and he's writing to the Thessalonians, the same ones that he's written to before. And he says, you are in God, the Father, you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And with being in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, come to byproducts, if you will, of being in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is grace and peace. Grace, how would you describe grace, Alan? Yeah, that, that unmerited kindness that, that God has bestowed upon us through Christ to yeah, to receive all of his goodness mm. that we don't deserve. Yeah, and, then, and that's key, isn't it? That we don't we actually do not deserve any of it. And and not not just that we don't deserve it, but we we actually could attain it for ourselves. Mm. Um, but then then peace accompanies with that. That's that's calm delight. Um, I think is the the kind of literal definition of the word. But calm delight from God, peace, grace from God. And notice what it says: the same phrase, God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. 
so I, yeah we're we're in god the father and the lord jesus christ and then we receive from god the father and the lord jesus christ verse one and verse two yeah, yeah so, so 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 by this welcome the apostle paul is basically saying bask in this reality yeah bask in the reality that you're covered in christ and inside of this little bubble if you will of being in christ there's all of the grace and peace that you could possibly ask for. yeah this, this is just a, instead of like hey i'm paul you know this is an introduction and it's just so full of the gospel already so, yeah well so verse one and two verses one and two are a natural segue into verses three and four of course but building on the theology of the gospel Paul comes into the next two verses, which really, if he's dealt with the theology in, in verses one and two, he's dealing with the practice in verses three and four. So in in, in one Thessalonians, um, Alan, you showed us how that Paul had used the gospel to motivate these Thessalonians um, um, in areas of love, in areas of commitment to one another. And in one Thessalonians three verse twelve, for example, Paul was praying that these Thessalonians would increase in. Uh, I think he said increase and abound in love yeah. toward yep. one another and, and to all. I think he said, yeah, to one another and to all. Yeah. So, so they were they were called to familial love in chapter four, verse nine. So, comprehensively, in the midst of this kind of these theological issues about eschatology and all these different things that people always debate about in one of two Thessalonians, mm-hmm. you find just like intricately placed in these epistles is this principle of love. Yeah, and that is the practicality. Of, of our theology and it's, it's uh, again just kind of maybe going back to the Francis Schaeffer stuff and uh, No Little People where it's like there's orthodoxy in an orthopraxy mm-hmm. which is like there's there's believing something that is true uh, that the key theologies and key doctrines of the Bible but then there's orthopraxy which is the living out of those Yep. and, and here that's exactly what he's done he's yep. gone from the theology and gone straight into the practice of it um, and, he's, and, he, and he goes back to love in, in verse number three. Do you want to read verses, verse number three? Yeah, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. I love that. And mm. man, um, I would love for someone to say that about Blurton, that, that yeah. phrase right there, the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Yeah, so Paul said like, Paul in chapter in First Thessalonians, I'm praying that this would happen, and now here he's praising God that that has happened. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the point the point is this this gospel this gospel community thing works, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what's that's what he's he's showing us is when you, when you make yourself gospel focused, when the gospel is both your motivation and your empowerment, um, man, everything flows out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it works because the gospel is alive. The word of God is living and active in the gospel of Christ, man. It's the power of God to salvation, but it's also the power of God for our sanctification as well. And um, I, th- I think in order for the Apostle Paul to accomplish the gospel community that desired for him, the gospel practice that he desired for him, he poured gospel truths into the heart and the minds. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the beautiful thing is that Paul was, Paul was apparently staying updated about these, these Thessalonian believers. So he's hearing all these updates, and some of the updates that he's hearing, he's going to address in the rest of this letter, kind of chapter two, maybe. Yeah, some of them were trouble updates, yeah. yeah. And needed some correcting. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also, in the midst of all these things, like, here are some things we need to correct, here are some things we need to tweak. 
he's hearing these beautiful updates about their love for one another. Yeah, it's like the, I think it's really important, but the, the things that need to be corrected in the Thessalonians are are like in in the ocean of his thankfulness for them. Like mm. they're, the, they're not the main thing. Like his main thing is gratitude for what God's doing in their lives. Mm. And then inside of that, there's some issues that need to be dealt with rather than him seeing all the negative and writing like that. He's like, mm. I, you know, there's, I, I'm actually really thankful. And he even wrote like that to the Corinthians, which is quite amazing, you know, like mm. uh, in their mess. So yeah, he's, it's like swimming in the sea of, of thankfulness is, but also we need to deal with some issues mm. here, which changes it, which just changes how your, your tone of writing is going to be and the way you think about those people, you know? Yeah. I, I find it fascinating the way that Paul does that in his epistles, you know, he, um, which I think that that positive affirmation is a really powerful thing. So so and and I'll mean that in a Freudian sense, of course, but I mean that in the sense of when someone does something that was a blessing to you and you've seen God at work in their life, tell them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that goes a really really long way. Versus it's, especially if you're going to be correcting someone for something, I, I think it's very good to go into a moment of correction, also giving some positive affirmation if there's mm-hmm. something to give. You know. Um, informing them and, and ensuring them of your love for them and the mm-hmm. fact that you've seen God at work in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and yeah, you know, he, he says, I've seen your love, your love is abounding, which is exactly what he prayed for. The second, yeah. I've seen more than like you said. Yeah. So that's exactly what Paul had hoped the result of his gospel ministry to them would be. And, uh, and yeah, gospel community was, it yeah. was working because of the gospel. And it's affected all of them because it says the love of every one of you all. So it's, Every every believer in Thessalonica has been influenced by the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know they haven't all grown at the same proportion, probably because we're all individuals mm-hmm. in this community. But he can write back. He can hear the report that like every one of them mm-hmm. from the from the most unkind person when he got saved, he's also he's now a person of growing kindness, and mm-hmm. the most ungentle person has become a person of growing and maturing gentleness. And so, yeah, every one of you all. Is is growing in this love toward each other? You know, when when uh, in, in when I grew up in West Virginia, um, when I would come back from university, I had a summer job working with the county, and in, in, in one year, a big flood came, and um, and so there was a lot of cleanup to do, and we we're, were pulling cars out of rivers and all kinds of things, and we had this big chain uh, that we would take with us, and and there was a like a motor mechanic uh a mechanism on the front of this car that would like reel it in you know had a motor on it so you just hook up the chain and it would reel it in but we had to before we'd go out and try to to help in those ways we'd have to look over at the chains like just have a look at them and make sure that there were no like broken chains because Mm -hmm. what would happen she'd go out there and be pulling something and one of those weak links in the chain would yeah would break and then the whole thing would break yeah all the other strong ones yeah and it's the idea you said this last night but um, we're only as strong as our weakest link. Yeah. So it's not like some of you are abounding. Yeah. It's that you're all abounding. Yeah. Yeah. We can only grow as a whole mm-hmm. as fast as the weakest brother in our congregation. Yeah. Blurton Baptist is only as mature and Christ-like as the most immature on Christ-like one of us. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, yeah. Not, that's a challenge to think about, you know. Yeah, yeah. So good stuff, man. Yeah. So. Apparently, these people, their relationship with one another had been revolutionized by the gospel. Yep. And they were joyfully receiving and welcoming one another in their uh, their homes. They were bearing one another's burdens, both uh, practically, financially, and 
spiritually. Mm-hmm. They were boldly forgiving one another, even when deep. And what's even more incredible is that this was taking place amid intense persecution. Yeah. You want to read about that? Read on and, and the kind of after verse number four, but yeah. um, apparently they'd, they'd had such a reputation for loving patience in the midst of persecution that, that Paul was telling people about it everywhere he went. Yeah. We ourselves boast of you among the churches of God. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I, I said, I said this last night, but, um, Sunday morning, um, I got finished preaching through Acts, uh, what is it? Acts 23? 22, you're on, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, got finished preaching through, and there's this, there's this bit about Paul being gentle, you know? Yeah. Um, being gentle and loving Christ-like. And, um, I got very convicted about that because that's, that's something on a very practical level that, that I've struggled with at times lately. And it might be because sometimes a lack of sleep, it can be because I've been poorly, it can just be general anxiety or, or whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the flesh. In it. And, um, and after preaching on Sunday morning, I was, I was, I was really just convicted about the sermon that I preached and the, the passage and I got away by myself and, and prayed. Um, and I just started thinking, what do I want? So, so for you and me as pastors, what do we want to be known for? And as our church, for Blurton Baptist Church, what do we want our church to be known for? And um, and I prayed, I prayed that that God would not make our church to be defined by um, our eschatological position. Yeah, that we should have, you know, we should believe it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that our church wouldn't be defined by um, what what version of the Bible we use or what our position on spiritual gifts. Yeah. Are any of the secondary educate uh, secondary um, issues? Yeah, um, I want and you want this desperately for our church to be defined and known by Christ likeness. Yeah, and having a reputation for extravagant love. Yeah, for one another. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and it's 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 like do we do we not take theology and eschatology doctrine seriously then? No, we, we do take it seriously. We, we should have a robust understanding of doctrine, and but it's it should be the it's not the end. It's the mean. It's one of the means to the end that points us ultimately mm-hmm. to Christ's likeness. I think Pallison said in one of the lectures recently says systematic theology is a beautiful wall, but it's the walls might be protecting a beautiful garden. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. without the garden, the wall is just a pointless wall. So we're getting so focused on build our walls but it's meant to be it's a there's a garden to explore and find delight in and enjoy together um and and that's what the walls of systematic theology is supposed to be not to focus on it but to protect this beautiful thing yeah yeah and that that leads quite naturally and to back kind of back up into verse three what we were seeing he said uh, in in the middle of the whole your love's abounding thing he says your faith grows exceedingly mm-hmm. um a growing faith and an increasing love are inseparable. Yeah. So you can't have one without the other. Yeah. You cannot truly believe the truth of the gospel and not be compelled to love people more, especially the family of God. Say, say that bit again. You, you can't, um, how did I say it? <laughs> you can't truly believe um, the gospel to be true Yeah. and not be motivated to love people more, especially especially God's people. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so your your faith your faith will not increase if you're not giving and receiving love in a gospel community, and that's I think that's really really important. There's this connection there that for me to mature 
and to grow as a believing disciple of Jesus. I have to be both giving and receiving yeah. love. Yeah, so Colossians 2 is like knit together in love so that you'll grow in your faith, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Here he's saying you're growing in your faith, which can be evidenced in your growing love. Mm-hmm. So like you said last night, it's a, it's a circular, right? Yeah, yeah. Colossians 2, may you be knit together in love so your faith grows here. Mm-hmm. Your faith is growing, which is leading to your love growing. And it just becomes this beautiful circle of grace. Of, yeah. Well, sick gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your love will not increase if your faith in Christ isn't increasing. And and it's it's funny because, you know, when we, when we think of faith, we think of it strictly in terms of faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, mm-hmm. which is very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but here it's telling us that actually it's dependent on our measure of love. Yeah. I wrote down from your stuff yesterday, you cannot increase in love without increasing in faith. And I think you said faith informs our love. So... Yeah, faith like tells us how to love, motivates us to love, drives us, energizes us to love, and then it's love that reveals our faith. Mm. That's, that's all of First John, basically, as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so faith and love go hand in hand. Yeah. So, uh, a growing faith and an increasing love are inseparable. You can't have one without the other. So what's the connection? Or maybe we could rephrase that question and say, how are the two connected? Um, and really verses 11 and 12 show us what the strength is in this whole this whole uh, formula, as, as, as it were. So do you mind reading verses 11 and 12? Yeah, therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. So, again, he's talking about fulfilling all the good pleasures of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Now, do, do you have the ESV? Yeah. He uh, may fulfill every result for good and every work of faith by his power. By his power. By his power, yeah. And that's the communication. We get in the verse number 12 and we see that, that that's actually the context of what's being said the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's not, when it comes to this this faith and love thing, this whole dynamic running parallel with one another, we're not pursuing that in our own ability. We're not pursuing that. It's not a work of the flesh. You don't muster it up. You don't grit and bear and just love more and have increased faith. Yeah. It's a work of God in you. It's Philippians 1, 6, isn't it? Yeah. It's God that works in you both to will, to desire, and to do uh, this good pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if it was up to us, um, it, w- it would be false love. Yeah, it wouldn't last long. Yeah. It would be very temporary. It would be it'd be a selfish form of love. You know, when, when someone says, oh, I love so, and like someone says, oh, I love my wife, and then they're having an affair yeah. or something. Mm. okay not really yeah you know yeah and it would be that type of love yeah or i love my shoes because of what they can do for me you don't yeah. actually love your shoes you just love what your shoes yeah how they make you look cool yeah <laughs> or give you comfort or whatever <laughs> it is you know so at the end of the day growing in faith and increasing in love is impossible yep yep which just thinks see you later <laughs> bye everyone without the grace of god yeah absolutely yeah with, with the grace of god and yeah given the fact that we are in Christ. Where we started, we go come full circle, right? Mm-hmm. 
given the fact that we are in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and given the fact that in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, according to verse number two, is those two things. What were they? Grace and peace. Grace and peace. So it's that grace that God gives us that enables us to increase in love and to grow in our faith. Yeah. So verse 12 says, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, um, yeah, God, so God is mightily working in us to transform us into people of love. But you said something last night, which I, th- I just thought was really appropriate, but like this love isn't me sitting in my home thinking mm-hmm. positive thoughts about you or positive thoughts about people in our church. It's me. So, um, God transforms me into a person of active, practical, sacrificial love, mm-hmm. not positive thoughts love. I mean, yeah. Positive thoughts are part of it. Mm-hmm. They're not. It's not that they're not there. It's it's more than positive thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. So it's active. It's practical. It's sacrificial. It leaves the house to go and find the person who needs. Yeah, something. this this form of love flies in the face of what kind of um, modern kind of contemporary culture how it views love. For example, you can you can have someone who's never actually spoken to someone before says I'm in love with that person <laughs> you know and they're, they're sitting at home wanting to write a love letter or mm. wanting to confront that person and, and start a relationship with them or whatever and they're sitting back and they're like oh I'm so in love with that person yeah. they're not yeah. they don't really love that person because love is always active yeah it's never passive yeah yeah and, and true love gives true, true love, love is something that's always giving away yeah. of yourself yeah. you know? um, not not taking and that's what that that's what the modernist mm-hmm. idea of love is is that what i love you because of what you can do for me mm-hmm. or just who you are to me but this love is like even though you're stinking and even though you're a mess and even though you're hurtful and offensive i'm gonna actively practically sacrificially see mm-hmm. you and love you it's, it's it's crazy man because only only in a gospel community will you find a group of people who are incessantly giving and receiving love as the creative universe as the source yeah that's good yeah it's tremendous yeah. man just to think about yeah so as, as we allow him to work this in us then yeah then this becomes the reality of Blurton and of every church that seeks to make make this all reality in their lives that it's all about Christ it's all about the gospel it's all about his grace working in us to produce all of this in us so yeah well, maybe so, Blurton. Um, I was talking last night about Pliny the Elder and mm-hmm. how he was trying to spy out an occasion to condemn the first century Christians mm-hmm. there in Rome. And, um, and he, he followed them around, watched their manner of life. And he had a lot to say about them. Uh, they, were, they were upstanding people just in terms of society and things like that. But their love was one thing that, that really caught his attention, you know, how they were willing to forgive one another yeah. and go above and beyond in relation to... Uh, their love for one another, and that's that's unique to those who are in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's good. I was trying to bring up the quote, but but it's um it's deep deep within other quotes. So yeah, yeah. can't get it. Yeah, well, God help us to live this out. May we abound in increase in love toward one another as we receive God's grace and peace that's only found in the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Baldy Bishops Podcast. If you wish to get a hold of us, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. Hey, do you want to go get it okay? That sounds great. Let's go.